it's there, but I, I do believe that we've kind of overlooked it because we've gone, you know, very much into tech, but actually putting pen to paper and making visual notes and then being able to share those with other people that are on your journey actually helps them to see what you can see or communicate what it is that you want to do or how you can help them along their journey. My name is Samantha Riley and this is the podcast for experts who want to be the unapologetic leader in their industry. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life inside and out. It's time to take your influence, income and impact to the level you know you're capable of. Are you ready to make a bigger difference and scale up? This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and today we've got something that is intriguing me quite a lot. We're going to be talking about visual communication. As someone that has spent most of my life in the arts and being a choreographer and designing stages and costumes, uh, I'm a very visual person. So this is something that I think will be very, very helpful to you, not for your, not just for yourself, but for your clients as well. And I've invited Anne English to chat with me today, and she's a visual communicator and founder of Create Intrigue. She's a TEDx speaker and creator of the Clarity Quest. She helps you to visually communicate what you think, say, and do with her innovative vision mapping process, visual doodle roadmaps, and visual marketing training. Welcome to the show, Anne. It's great to have you here. Hi, it's wonderful to be with you. So we connected on social media a little while ago and I had a look at your TED Talk and I was absolutely fascinated with your topic. So why don't you share a little bit about the kinds of people that you work with and what you help them with? Yes, well, the clients come to me usually because they're seeking clarity. Sometimes they don't even know what it is that they're stuck with. And often it starts with, having lots of ideas, having ideas in your head. And I visually communicate those. So I make the intangible tangible. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I do that through a number of ways. So the first one is what you think. So it might be your systems, your processes. So if, for example, you're a coach, you can't really show your clients what it is that you do. It's not a tangible product as such but I help people to map out those ideas and then we start categorizing them because if you're a coach you'll take people from a problem to a solution so what we do is we work that out we map that out and then you know we can categorize it and put it in order so that they can actually see what it is that they do and then they can then show their clients what it is that they do so i help them to gain clarity but also their clients to gain clarity so i work with a lot of people who are visual thinkers or visual learners um because they do say don't they that a picture can uh, tell a thousand words absolutely so, yeah the, the visual side of it's really important love it so how did you how did you stumble across doing this? What's your background that had you arrive at this place? So I studied visual communications um, and specialised in graphic design. And then for 25 years, I actually worked for Santa Claus. So ah! I did Christmas <laughs> displays and shopping centres. That's awesome. So um, 
Yeah. So the Metro Centre. So you might be able to tell by my accent. I'm in the northeast of England. So, yeah, this would be classed as a Geordie accent near Newcastle upon Tyne. So, um, yeah, the the Metro Centre was the biggest shopping centre at Europe that was built at that point. So we ended up doing the Christmas displays there. And then for all the big shopping centres in the UK and in Europe, So I would um, come up with the displays of the shopping centres and I would always start with the map or the plan. So, for example, the shopping centre in Paris, the project manager would bring back scale plans of the shopping centre, photographs, the client brief, lots of information. And the first thing I would do is create my own mind map. I would write all the information down because for me, it's about connecting the dots and seeing the bigger picture. So I had lots of information. I would visually, you know, put that down onto paper so I could then work out solutions to the problems, you know, and and, and think through the ideas. So I did that from, for 25 years. I went from being studio manager to production manager out on site doing installations. So I would take an idea all the way through to delivery on site, being in there, you know, Santa's helper, an elf mm-hmm. in the middle of the shop <laughs> in the middle of the night. On that journey, I had to communicate that information to people. So, for example, you know, if I came up with a a new character like the metronomes, I would sketch that idea out and then I would give that to the illustrators in the studio to draw that out. And then I'd plot Mm -hmm. the decorations onto a plan to cost that out so that that would go through to finance. And then I'd work with the people in production to show them what they needed to build and what they needed to create because we come up with new products. And then to sell it to the clients, we would have to visually communicate that as well as writing um, the proposals. And then when I was on site with the team, I would show them the big picture. So we all knew the vision that we were working to. So fast forward kind of 25 years of doing that and I got made redundant. So then... For the next two years, I was looking for my next forever job. And mm-hmm. it was interesting when I kept going for interviews because, you know, I would go to a printer's or an architect's and, you know, they would see me as, as a Christmas decoration person, although I had all this experience uh-huh. that I could apply. So in between kind of searching for my next forever job, people who knew me would say, can you come and help us with my window displays? Can you help me with my website? All of this kind of thing. So the first thing I would do, and you know, I would ask them the questions about what it is that they wanted to do, I would start drawing that map. So I'd start plotting mm-hmm. the ideas out. And then it became, people were going, what are you doing? What's that? That's amazing what you're doing. And I'm going, well, That's how you get to the solution. That's how you work out ideas. So it was a technique that I developed over 25 years. However, it was something that nobody else had seen because it was like almost like part Mm. of my process. So when I started doing Mm -hmm. that with clients, it was really interesting to hear their feedback because at first I just dismissed it. And that word just, I talk about this in my TEDx Uh talk, it actually reveals your superpower. So that thing that you just Mm -hmm. do, that you find is easy, but that people find valuable, you know, often we dismiss that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, that's just what I do. Until 
the big light bulb moment for me was so I started doing this for clients and and visually communicating and saying, well, yeah, all of your ideas are on one piece of paper. So if you're thinking about growing your business, you know, we'll put the ideas onto a piece of paper. Keep it somewhere where you look at it, where you can see it. And one of my clients framed it and put it on the wall. And that kind of blew my mind at that point. I was like, and I talk about these things as being moments of clarity. At some point in time, you get that light bulb moment. And what he said to us was, well, that's the history of my business. I'm going to look back at that map. And I'll be able to see how I grew my business. I was like, okay. So I started to then see value in that. So I ended up developing that into a product, which is vision mapping. That was Mm -hmm. the first kind of light bulb moment. So anyway, yeah, after two years of kind of like rejection after rejection, I just thought, do you know what? Why am I looking for my next forever job? So then um, somebody reached out on Facebook and said, I'm doing an exhibition, I've got a stand and I'm selling some products, but I don't know how to make my table look better. Does anybody have any advice? Mm -hmm. So with that, Mm -hmm. what ended up happening was somebody said to us, can you come and help us with my table display? And I was like, yeah, of course. Said, now, next time that you have to set up your products, I won't be there. So why don't you set it up how you would, first of all, I'll come along. I'll show you how to make it better. And what I'll do is while we're doing that, I'll tell you reasons why. So this was Mm -hmm. way before I was going to teach this. This wasn't a product. This was just me helping somebody out that was stuck. So Mm -hmm. I I ended up rearranging the things. And I was like, well, you see, this is about grouping things. And where's your focal point and, you know, threes and triangles and all that kind of thing. And she was blown away by it. And I was like, yeah, but that's just what you do. Well, that's just what I do. <laughs> and she was like, that's amazing. Do you teach this? I was like, no, it's not. And that's something that I teach. So then she said to us, will you come and talk? And I'm like, I don't do talks because at that point I didn't. So I did all of the mm-hmm. proposals for the shopping centers. I did the presentation. So I did the storytelling. I, I would do the visuals, but then I would give it to the project manager and say, okay, walk them through the map, tell them this, show them that, this is the project, but I wouldn't stand up. So she said to me, will you come and do a talk? And she said, there's only going to be a few people there. And I was like, don't do talks. Okay, all right then, just for you. So I did my visuals the night before because that's how I communicate. So anyway, the night before she said to us, oh, it's sold out, we've got 40 people coming. And I remember mm-hmm. my daughter said to us, "Ma'am, show us your presentation. You know, tell me, tell us what you're going to do. And she was only a teenager at the time. And I turned to her and I literally just went, but, uh, but, and I just couldn't speak. Ah. I just uh-huh. almost like stage fright. And she kind of snapped me out of it. She just went, "Ma'am, it's not about you. It's about them. Absolutely. And I know my core values. My core values are vision and power. And it's all about ideas and connection. So I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to go tomorrow and I'm going to go into that room and help people with their ideas. So I Mm -hmm. shared all of this stuff that I knew. And then from that, people say, 
can you come and talk to us? And can you train me? And can you? <laughs> so that was how the Visual Marketing Academy happened. It was it was it wasn't kind of planned, but it was again it was that knowledge that I had mm-hmm. in my head about how to visually communicate, you know, and how to lay out what it is that you do. Well, I think that the visual doodles is is probably most relevant because I guess the question that's coming up is as coaches and consultants, how can we use this um, this visual um, communication style in our business? Because we don't have displays and we don't have tables and we don't have window fronts, but what we do have is usually a lot of concepts that are very difficult or we find very difficult to explain to people. Yeah. So when I do my visual doodles, again, that started in, that was only 2020 at the beginning, before the pandemic happened, because I happened to be making, Mm -hmm. normally in my notebooks, I would write notes of the speaker's talk, and then I'd put little doodles in the, um, on the sheet, you know, so if they're talking about the book, I might do a little doodle of a book. This time, what I did was I was doing it on my iPad. And the speaker came over afterwards and she was like, what are you doing? And so she said, oh, can you put that on social media? So it was like a summary of her talk. And then it went crazy Mm -hmm. from that point because other people who are visual thinkers, visual learners, they then connected with that and they could could almost see her words when you visually communicate, you know, and you put ideas down. And, and if you can imagine a vision tree with all your ideas planted as roots, and then what grows out of that is your brand products and services, you've probably already painted a picture in your mind. The mm-hmm. one key picture on mm-hmm. the wall, that's painted a picture in your mind. So I think that as coaches, yeah, you can overlook something that I, I call it hidden in plain sight. Mm-hmm. It's it's there, but I, I do believe that we're, we've kind of overlooked it because we've gone, you know, very much into tech. But actually, putting pen to paper and making visual notes and then being able to share those with other people that are on your journey actually helps them to see what you can see or communicate what it is that you want to do or how you can help them along their journey. Mm, I also find not only is it easier for other people to understand it i also find that if i'm visually explaining to someone something and i'm mapping it out that yeah. it makes more it makes it easier for me to understand it yes so there's something you know between your brain and it coming out onto paper you are processing it mm. so there's something happens during that process yeah. Now, you've got a three-step framework that helps, um, or not that helps, that um, I guess explains the different ways to use these, you know, visual sketches, doodles, models, all of the different ways yeah. they communicate um, visually. Can you just quickly t- walk us through what that framework is and how that applies to different areas as um, for us as coaches and consultants? Yes, So the first one is vision mapping. So it's a vision mapping technique and process. So it's what you think. So it's your ideas, it's your systems, it's your processes, it's your framework. So I always think about ideas. A lot of people think that they should be floating up in the air somewhere. Well, that's when they can float off. 
So I believe you need to plant your ideas because of the foundations to everything. So planting the ideas as roots and then categorizing those roots together, they literally become then roots you can follow. So it might be that mm-hmm. you plant all these ideas. It might not be that you want to follow one of those at the moment. You might want to focus on a specific area. But it means if it's out of your head and onto paper, it might be post-it notes, however it works for you. What grows mm-hmm. out of those roots is the practical stuff. So for me, when I think about vision trees above ground, it's your brand, your products, your services, your people, your tools, your techniques. And the watering can that I see between your ideas and what grows out of it is things like your resources. So it's going to be like time. It might be people, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. that's the vision tree. Mm -hmm. If you've got a system, I call it signature systems, it's still planted in the roots. But then the roots are steps that you take your client along. And what I help Mm -hmm clients to do is get those ideas out of the head and then for example so I work with Polly Brennan and she's the mental fitness coach so we created the Mm -hmm. mental fitness kit bag so she knew that she talks to clients about um, who's on their team about their well-being about their story about celebrating success all of those things then when we mapped that out I was able to say to her so does team go first and, and it, it's amazing how coaches, once you start asking the right questions, they go, oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, she's like stories first. And then it's like, well, let's break down the story. So there's three parts, you know, your past story, your present story and your future story. So as a coach, you can start thinking about how you take your clients on that journey from a problem to a solution and then mapping out the steps. So that's vision mapping. The other one is with the visual marketing, um, you know, that wonky picture on the wall. Again, three, the power of three. So you can use threes in compositions. So this is another thing that's hidden in plain sight. Once you hear about threes, you know about threes. Um, Mm -hmm. You see them everywhere. So in composition, there's three parts to that. The first part is in design and display. So often you'll see products grouped as threes and usually as triangles. One of the reasons for that is um, a dot, like one is a dot, two can form a, a straight line, but three is the first number that forms a shape, which is a triangle. Mm-hmm. So you've got in design and display, we use threes. In Art and photography, you use the rule of thirds. So if you're taking pictures on your camera, often people don't even realise, they, f- they forget about the fact that there's a grid on their phone and that helps mm-hmm. with composition. So, um, yeah, you've got the kind of really powerful lines if you put objects on those lines. You don't always have to put the object in the middle of the picture. And then the third part of that with the visual merchandise i mean it's a huge topic but just to give people three takeaways from that is the power of three words or three phrases or three elements so we remember things in patterns of threes so it's like Mm -hmm. one two three a b c you know goldilocks and the three bears when we were children three blind mice there was so many um 
fairy tales and stuff like that that involves the number three. Mm-hmm. And if you're selling products, you know, so it, I call it the Goldilocks effect. You know how uh-huh. the bed was too hard or it was too soft, but there was one just right. So if you're selling products, having three choices can help your clients. More than three can be overwhelmed. You know, you're the mm-hmm. curator of what it is that you do, but threes work in so many different ways. And as I say, we could we could have another conversation about threes. The third thing is with the visual doodles, that's what you say, kind of like your stories, your journeys, um, your insights. So it's that intangible stuff as well. So when I do the vision, the visual doodles, really it's like a map. It's a map of your journey mm-hmm. or a map of your customer journey. So if you see my doodles, you'll see that there's a dotted line. We were talking about planning and mapping out things, you know, mapping out your business, planning your business, lots of metaphors in there. I love maps and plans. I've always loved maps and plans. Two of my favourite books were um, growing up were Winnie the Pooh and Millie Molly Mandy. Oh, two of my favourites too. <laughs> oh, you know both of those books. Uh-huh, now, why absolutely. are your favourite books? Oh, I, I'm a big reader, but um, I just loved any Enid Blyton book whatsoever. Um, and the pictures in Winnie the Pooh are just so Yeah, beautiful. yeah, yeah. And the stories that they take you on in that. Well, I don't know whether you remember, but you probably do when I, when I mention this. At the front of the Winnie the Pooh books, there's a map of 100 Acre Woods. Ah, so what yeah, I would do too. was, yeah, I would read the stories and then I'd flick to the front of the book and then like, where are they on their journey? And Millie Molly Mandy, mm-hmm. there was a map of the village. So I would look at the front of the book and then follow the journey. So with my visual doodles, often I'll create visual maps of the journey. So how are you taking clients from a problem through to a solution? What's the journey that you go on with them? So, and then having that little dotted line so they can follow that pathway and then they can visually communicate that message, that story. So, as I say, it might be a story that um, a speaker is telling you, but for me, mapping it out like that, I can almost like relive their story by seeing it as a journey. And it's interesting how other people that have also been at that meeting or heard that story can see it as well. So one of the first commissions I actually received after somebody saw that drawn on social media that I thought was rubbish and I wasn't going to put out there, I actually got a commission from, um, in the UK, some licensed facilitators for Brené Brown. I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. come across Brené Brown. Um, She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Dare to Lead was our program. Brené Brown is a researcher, so she's very wordy, yeah? Mm-hmm. When I read books like that, I have to draw on the book. I underline things. I put asterisks mm-hmm. and stars, you know? I, I kind of like, even if you are doing, if you're underlining something, putting a star beside something, circling something, you've already started to visually communicate, visually doodle the message and highlight things. So I would do that in books. Anyway, I got commissioned by her licensed facilitators to take the Dare to Lead book and the course and create five doodles that actually summarise up 
the the, the different sections of that. So I, I changed the doodles also into a video. So the video shows it being drawn in a minute. So it's very quick. Mm-hmm. But what happens is they can guide people through our course and then play this one minute video, which is a refresh of everything that they've mm-hmm. learned. So it's a bit like fast forwarding the information through your mind by seeing mm. it visually. Yeah. So it's, and really it's all anchoring really it too. Stuff. Like Definitely. I can see how that really anchors it. Yeah. So yeah. the question that's coming up for me is what if you're not a good artist? You, you're not very uh, good at drawing. Like I actually drew, just funnily enough, I drew a doodle on um, because I do do a lot of visuals, but I am, yeah. I'm no good at drawing. Um, and I drew a, a, pic, a picture, a little stick figure on a on a, uh, a training the other day and, and, you know, my clients, we all had a laugh about it because it didn't even look like what it was meant to look like. So my brain's going, well, if I can't even do that, how would I even create this whole you know, visual story or visual yeah. mind map when I can't even draw, you know, one little stick figure that looks like a stick figure. Okay, so I would say stop <laughs> because it's it's the thing about, you know, your self-talk, your self-doubt and all that kind of thing. Remember I said mine was rubbish. My doodles have got better. They've got better over lockdown because the more you do, remember we forget. We've forgotten. Mm. It's it's a bit like that riding the bike thing, you know, when they talk about you don't really forget, but when you get back on that bike, boy, do you fall off it a few times first. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, putting pen to paper, it's the most simple of things. What, What could be simpler than, you know, a pencil and a piece of paper? It goes back to childhood, something that we all used to do. But we've probably lost that technique a bit because we're typing Mm. on keyboards so when you first typed you know you might use more than one finger now you know because you've started practicing that it's like driving a car isn't it when you first learn to drive a car so you've got to start somewhere and it's about visually communicating the message and also remember Okay, so the stuff I do is, you know, I get commissioned to visually communicate messages to other people. Who's your audience? So if you're doing this just for yourself to remember, does it matter what it looks like as long as you understand what it means? Yeah. So it's a bit like your handwriting. We sometimes know what we've written down, but other people will look at it. I mean, handwriting is visually communicating the message, isn't it? Yeah, true. So starting somewhere, although this little stick character, you might have had a laugh about it, but you probably did get a message. What were you trying to communicate when you drew that the little stick character? What were you trying to communicate? Oh, can you remember? He had a little. He, oh, I can. He had a little. <laughs> he had a little cape. He was a superhero. <laughs> but did you get that message across? And did that stick in their mind? Well, probably if any of my clients are listening to this, let me know if it's sticking in your mind because it's certainly stuck in my mind. (laughs) Yeah, you know, so you've actually planted that idea. So whether it was something that didn't look like a superhero, but you can say to them, that's a superhero, they might laugh and go, yeah, okay, well, it doesn't look like a superhero, but we'll go with it. We'll go with it. But they'll actually remember that. You know, they will remember that conversation that you had because you've anchored it into something there. Mm, I mm. used to be, um, there was a game called Pictionary. 
don't know if you've ever played that love, game. Like, okay. We used to love playing this with my kids. Right. Well, when it first came out, everybody, because they knew that I was creative, would be like, oh, Anne, come on my team, come on my team. And then they realised that actually I was really useless in Pictionary because what I was trying to do was draw the thing, you know? So I was like, it was, I don't know, a footballer. So I'd start drawing the person and, you know, the ball and stuff like that, trying to illustrate it. And then somebody else would quickly draw a stick person. They mightn't even have any arms, but they would have like mm-hmm. the leg kick and movement and the, the circle for the ball. And people would go, footballer. And then, yeah, they would realise that actually it's not good to have Anne on your team. And then I realised that <laughs> well, I was kind of overthinking it. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can maybe start by playing Pictionary, you know. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but you will That's be doing it. That's a great it. idea. You'll be doing it already. You will be doing it. And it's it's that thing where you'll squash your own ideas by thinking, oh, that's not good enough. What does good enough look like? You know, what are mm. you doing? What's the purpose? If it's to communicate an idea, is it for yourself or is it for somebody else to remember? And actually, did they remember it? Because, yeah, it might have been a, a bad drawn, but you've you've roughly, you know, drawn that and planted the idea in their head in a visual way that they're going to remember. Mm, so, yeah, I want, I'm mm. going to want to see your doodles. I'm going to hold you accountable now. <laughs> <laughs> I will share them with you. Now, you have done a TED Talk. Can you just... Um, we will obviously put the link in the show notes, but give us a very quick rundown of why people would want to go and, and have a look at that uh, TED yeah. Talk. So I love TED Talks. I never thought I would do a TED Talk because, you know, going back to that, I don't stand in front of people and talk. I'm a visual communicator. So it's about taking ideas, taking an idea all the way through to making it happen. And really the journey that I've been on over the last 30 odd years, the journey that I end up taking my clients on and the people that I work with, the roadblocks that you hit along the way, the things that people have told me, you know, where they go, oh, I'm not creative and all of this kind of thing, stop busting some of those myths. The things that I've discovered, the roadblocks that I've hit on that journey from taking an idea and making it a reality. And when I decided to do this talk about ideas and how do you literally breathe life into ideas and make them real, and I started to kind of doodle that out, you know, as a journey. So you've got a map at the end of it. Um, you've you've got a map of how to take an idea and make it a reality. And then I've turned that TEDx talk into a 10-week online program, and then I'm going to turn that into a course as well. So I can dive deeper because TEDx talks are only, you know, a maximum of 18 minutes. Um, so, yeah, I share lots of ideas and strategies. Um, I won't tell you them all. You, you'll When you watch the TEDx talk, there'll be – it can be one word, and you change that one word into another word, and that can change everything. So, yeah, if you go and listen to the, the TEDx talk and – and let me know what resonates with you along that journey. Um, mm. so that's what I want to do. You know, I just want to help people along along the path and get ideas out of your head and make them real because your ideas are so valuable. 
you know, it's it's your mm. free gifts that you've got to share with the world. So, yeah, oh, don't, totally. don't squash your ideas. You know, let's breathe totally. life into them. And that's what I help people to do. Yeah. Love it so much. And thank you so much for coming on the show and explaining that. You know, it can be a little bit tricky taking these concepts that you usually use visually and yes. and and talking them just in an auditory uh, way. But um, I know that people listening will get a ton of value from this episode. So thank you. Yes, you're very welcome. And thank you. And hopefully, yes, we've been painting pictures in people's minds today. So thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com.